Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I hope you're really well and I hope you're really enjoying season two. Um, we are back and we are back with a bang. And today I am going to be talking to Tiffany Bellinger about uh, bed sharing and she is co-sleepy so Tiffany spends her days wrangling two little boys she works on the co-sleepy blog for a few hours in the evening and at night she sleeps with her two favorite people in the world she created co-sleepy to offer modern parents practical scientifically backed advice on how to safely co-sleep with their baby and Tiffany works to empower every parent to trust the science and follow their intuition when it comes to keeping their baby safe and co-sleeping how are you Tiffany and welcome to the Care Out Sleep Show I'm good. Thanks, Carrie. You're very welcome. I'm so happy to be here. It's taken a bit of planning to get here because yeah. you are, we're on opposite sides of the world, I think. Yes, I'm in Texas right now. Amazing. Is it hot there? What's the weather like? It's very hot and humid. It hasn't been very fun going outside because I'm originally from California, so I'm still getting used to the humidity. It's just yeah. completely different here. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love it that we were on the, the power of Instagram. So I first came yeah. across Tiffany on Instagram. I think it was another sleep consultant's account that I was following. I saw you tagged in something, I mm-hmm. think. And I just love that Instagram has that power to connect people that are like minded, like just like you. I'm about empowering parents and um, following evidence based information. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing is supporting parents to follow their intuition um Mm -hmm. all across the world it's amazing and I'm really really looking forward to speaking today me too me too do you have anything else you would like to add to that amazing bio (laughs) that was a great (laughs) that's the best info we've ever had really oh my gosh um no I just I kind of going along with what you just said when I first had my first baby I didn't know anybody in real life who bed shared Mm -hmm. Um, except for the midwife who told me that you can do it safely, but um, her children are long grown up. So I went, I created my blog and I went on Instagram for the first time, created an account. And um, it's just been a joy to get to know people all over the world who do this. And just like me, they feel embarrassed about it or ashamed or like worried that they're they're going to hurt their baby by keeping them close at night. So um, I just love, out of all the jobs I've had in my life, I've had quite a few, this has brought me the most joy so far, and I'm just so excited to see where it goes. Oh, that's amazing. How long have you actually been writing the blog? Um, Since May of last year, so just a little bit over a year. But um, it's relatively new. it's I'm I'm trying but I just I had a baby a few months later after I started the blog and so um it's been hard finding time every night to to work on it yeah Um, I know there's a lot of amazing moms who do that who start businesses while having young children at home but I also do want to be present with them and not always thinking about what I need to post or you know work stuff because they're only going to be little for so long and I'm trying to treasure this time as best I can while getting this information out there to to people who need it who want to to co-sleep or better with their babies Um, and they just need some basic information about how to do it confidently so it's kind of a balance that I fight I, I work through every single day yeah, I think babies definitely keep you busy, definitely. Yes. <laughs> and having, I didn't, I don't have children in my setup, my business, not having any children. I can't even imagine, I just don't know how you do it with children. Like there's, no, I wouldn't have been able to have done it. I don't think it takes so much time, but I'm definitely thankful for your blog and your Instagram page. It's, oh. it's definitely helped me. Thanks, Carrie. Amazing signpost. A lot of families, that people listening to the uh, podcast today, families I work with in practice, a huge, huge percentage of my um, audience do bed share. Mm-hmm. And actually, when yeah. we do, when we release the podcast, I'll do a little poll that week to see, but I, w- I reckon it will be over 50%. 
Oh yeah, so many families, so many mothers do that, especially this, especially if they breastfeed, just because it's so much easier. But not everybody admits it, and I totally understand that. Um, at least here in the U.S., um, our pediatricians they have to ask us, "Where is your baby sleeping?" at every yeah. single appointment, and it's just hard to know. Do you tell the truth and risk getting a lecture or um, being judged? You know, it's just, and there's so many things a new mom is already worried, the mental load, you know, that's already weighing them down. It's just, this is another thing to add to yeah. the list. And that's just really unfortunate and sad because what's more natural than sleep? Not yeah. much, you know, for us humans. Yeah, so. I completely agree. So just with it, so we're clear with the terminology. We've talked about this before. There's lots of terms that we use for co-sleeping, but mm. for the purpose of this podcast, yes. we're just going to refer to it as bed sharing. Yes, if I say co-sleep, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I did it as well. <laughs> bed, we're talking today about bed sharing, which is when your baby is literally in your bed with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you enjoy it, Tiffany, and you want to come back again, we could do another episode on um, like branching out a little bit to having babies in the crib next to them. Yes, like in a room sharing situation. Yep, yeah, I yeah. would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. So okay. just to be clear, for the listeners we're going to be talking about bed sharing where your baby is in physically in the same bed so you're sharing the same sleep service yes that's a good way of looking at it isn't it and I really liked what you picked up on there that um that there is a lot of sleep I call it sleep shame and there's definitely lots of it in the UK where we don't talk about it as much there's still very much that sleep stigma I think you said earlier I really like that Mm -hmm. that stigma about bed sharing and that it's you're giving in they're never going to sleep independently I think there's a lot of pressure on society where especially here I don't know if it's like that in Texas especially here Mm -hmm. where society is very much the gold standard is your baby's got to sleep independently from you. You've yes. got to get independent. They shouldn't have so much contact. It's creating bad habits. It's, you're making a rod for your own back. You're never going to be able to get a second night's sleep. And that breaks my heart a little bit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. Yeah, studies have shown that um, giving your child, your infant, extra love and time and care actually fosters independence. There are more independent earlier if that makes sense but like at a younger age (laughs) then it makes total sense yeah it makes total sense because from a sleep perspective we can't teach or train babies to be independent it's not something you can teach or train that independence comes from when they've had their needs met and they have Uh that connection they need to be dependent first before they can be independent Exactly. And then they feel they feel safe and courageous to branch out and take risks. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean? mm-hmm. Exactly. So I we've talked about this before, but my approach to sleep is that there isn't this. We, I like to say we all dance differently. Every, there isn't a one size fits all anything. Sleep approach, sleep setup. Um, I'm about families finding something that works for them. And lots of families bed share and get to a set of night sleep and it works for them and that for me is always the most important thing mm-hmm. yep, and to talk about it more it's something I I'm a big fan of talking from experience and I'm very honest I don't have experience of, of bed sharing um, but I, I can't bring that into the conversation but I know parents if you're happy to share anything any experience of, of you bed sharing I know people find that listeners find that really interesting Oh, yes, of course. Um, I'll try to keep it short. Um, When I became a mom about three and a half years ago, um, beforehand, we had researched non-toxic cribs, spent so many hours looking into that, and it cost a lot of money, the one that we finally found. And we just assumed um, that our child, our baby, would sleep in a crib um, because that's what we see everywhere on TV. And my husband and I used to work in Hollywood, and so that was that's the culture that we live in is that um, you sort of fit your baby into your life when they arrive. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't change anything around for them because why would you do that? You're the adult and they're the child. That was at least what I've um, grown up hearing and especially seeing that um, on TV and in the movies and everything. So um, I was completely shocked that first week went that my son only wanted to sleep on me, like lying on my chest in the skin to skin position. Um, and he would, 
sleep like that for an hour and a half at a time, which is kind of the maximum for a newborn, which was great. But I, I was really worried about um, him rolling off, you know, or uh-huh. just when, when, the, when they're on you, they're on their tummy in the prone position. And we're all told that it's safest for babies to lie on their back. So I was worried about that. And I just had so much fear, um, in addition to all the changing hormones and trying to breastfeed. And I was like bleeding. I had a really hard time with that. And I'm so thankful that, um, a lactation consultant was able to squeeze me in on a Friday afternoon, just when my baby was five days old. And at that appointment, as she was helping me with his latch and breastfeeding and everything, she just mentioned that, um, we might get more sleep because we hadn't been having success when we tried to swaddle him and put him in the bassinet. She said, you might have more success if you try safe bed sharing. Um, and she told me about someone named um, jo- Dr. James McKenna. And he has a book, which I recommend to anybody called Safe in- Infant Sleep. Um, so anyways, I went home, ordered that book and started just following the basic guidelines that she told me about. And we all slept so much better. And it, it helped with breastfeeding as we were just like kind of getting over those challenges that we had the first week. And we just got to soak up all those moments of having your first child, you know, it's just, it's indescribable and just being with him all the time and knowing that he was safe, knowing that he was breathing, I could hear him or when he was lying on me because there are safe ways um, for your baby to sleep on you. And I'm happy to talk about how to do that too, if you want Carrie, but um just the peace of mind it gave me was amazing. And I think it really helped me with my recovery for that first few months. Um, and I didn't uh, battle with postpartum depression or anxiety, but um, that's kind of in my personality and I've had bouts in the past. And so I wonder if maybe this helped me avoid that mm-hmm. because, and um, through Co-Sleepy, I've talked to a lot of um, mothers who do, um, suffer from that or experience that. And they say that bed sharing has really helped because a lot of their fears um, were about them breathing. And if they were in the other room, they couldn't hear, um, you know, if something went wrong. And so having their baby right there with them um, really just made them feel a lot better. And so I, I'm very thankful that I didn't um, experience that uh, because I do credit it with bed sharing. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I think there's a lot of pressure. That's a full sentence. There's a lot of pressure on parents. But I don't think we, like, it, it's it's that, that those hormones and that instinctive urge to be close to your baby. So it's mm-hmm. normal for parents, especially mothers, to want to be really close to their babies. But also babies need to be close as well. Mm-hmm. Like fighting that separation. It's tricky, isn't it? Oh, it's very tricky, especially when you're hearing from everybody that uh, the normal, the good thing to do is to put them in a swaddle and put them on a bassinet or a crib far away. Maybe in your same bedroom, but, you know, just try to get back to your life, like heal if you had a rough delivery or a C-section, get some sleep or reconnect with your partner. Like all those things are good on paper, but that's not reality. That's not how it happens. Yeah. Um, And from a neurological perspective, infancy lasts three years. So a lot of parents bed share with their toddlers too. So um, that kind of goes along with what you were saying about is bed sharing um, a bad habit? Um, I personally, obviously, I don't think so. And when I had my second son a couple years later, um, our breastfeeding relationship went really, really well, was really smooth. I mean, I was a mother, I was having my second child. So I knew a few things that I didn't the first time around, but he was next to me or on me throughout the night, um, from the beginning. And we didn't battle like with trying to get him in the bassinet. And by that point, we actually didn't own a bassinet anymore, but um, yeah, we just saved so much time with trying things that didn't work. And um, of course, even though I have this blog and this community now on Instagram, I still do feel um, the stigma and the shame. And I haven't told our current pediatrician that we bed share because I just don't want to deal with it. I really just don't. Um, But so even someone like me, who's now turning this into a career or a small business, I still struggle with that, with the stigma that we were talking about earlier. Um, Yeah. But but this time, I'm so thankful that I was able just to fight it, just keep just bed share with him from day one, um, 
regardless of even though I still felt a little bit embarrassed when people asked me, oh, is he sleeping yeah. through the night? How is he? Is he a good sleeper? Good. Oh, sleeper. that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for being authentic and honest and saying that you felt that too, because I think that is going to help so many people mm-hmm. listening to this and mm-hmm. um, that it's it's the same whether it's your first second third or fourth and there's just so I think this is a I could talk about this all day but there is so much shame around sleep and blame Mm -hmm. it's because you're breastfeeding it's because they're in their own bed it's because they're not being independent enough it's because they're not in their their own room it Mm -hmm. is none of these things or I personally believe like you I don't believe there I don't believe in bad habits I just believe in nothing Mm. is right or wrong it's just whether it's working for you and your family I think that is the most important thing mm-hmm. and doing it as safely as possible I'm really mm-hmm. passionate about that exactly. so we start right at the beginning Tiffany I think that's probably the best way to go about it um who is bed sharing for um bed sharing is for oh my gosh <laughs> that's hard there's so many I think it could benefit um any type of mother um for one thing, I've talked to a lot of moms who have low supply and want to increase their breast milk supply. And they've started uh, bed sharing for that exact reason, because you'll um, breastfeed, breastfeed way more often throughout the night because their head is literally right there next to your breast yeah. and they, they feed on demand. And so that really helps um, every time you do it, even if it's only 10 seconds because your baby just wants to latch on and feel that comfort and then they go back to sleep, they don't need a full feed. That still stimulates the milk production. Um, uh-huh. So a lot of moms who want to increase their supply love bed sharing. Um, if you have a baby who needs to gain weight or was ill or something like that for a while and um, you're looking to help fatten them up, um, bed sharing can help for that same reason, just because they're going to have so many more opportunities to nurse throughout the night. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, the studies have shown that the sessions are usually longer for whatever reason from those parents who take their baby and go sit on a chair and feed them and then put them back in the bassinet. Um, the total time that they're nursing is less than those babies who are lying right there next to their mom. I mean, because in theory, the mom can fall back asleep as the baby's nursing. So the yeah. baby could just nurse and nurse and nurse until they truly are done and they've yeah. received everything they need to. So um, like I mentioned earlier, um, moms who have who are experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety, um, there's like an increased sense of safety right there because your baby is um, you can monitor them constantly, make sure they're still on their back, they're breathing, um, you know, if they have an apnea or start coughing or you need to clear out their nose or something, you'll know right away because you're right there. So yeah. that helps a lot of moms. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, some some other benefits, which I think can benefit any, any mom who bed shares, um, they found that there's lower stress levels in the moms and the babies when they've put them in sleep laboratories and tested them all throughout the night as they bed share. Um, they just have like the feel good hormones going on all night because um, when you breastfeed, those hormones come out and um, just even patting your baby's tummy or when the baby feels um, their mom touching them, they get those hormones. Um, another thing is temperature regulation. Um, it's overheating is thought to be a cause for SIDS. So it's important that your baby doesn't overheat. Um, but they found that at least for breastfeeding moms and babies, um, they sort of regulate each other's temperature. If the baby gets too warm, but he's up against his mom, his mom's body will literally start to cool down. Her skin will cool down so that that will in turn cool the infant. It's amazing. I love mother nature. It's Yes, that, this is partially what got me hooked. It's because um, after that first week, I had a, um, a clogged duck, obviously, because I wasn't with breastfeeding. I was having so many problems. And I, I got a fever one night. And it was the same day that my book had arrived after the midwife had told me about, um, or not the midwife, this lactation consultant had told me about safe bed sharing. So I'm literally reading this book in bed with a fever. Um, and it here in the U.S., it, it was after hours and I couldn't reach a doctor or a nurse. So I didn't know what to do. 
but my husband put my baby on my chest for some skin to skin. And I promise you within two minutes, my fever was gone. And I can't explain that with science. I'm not a doctor, but it was as if like his, my body knew it was too hot or something now that he was on me and it cooled down. I, I know it's weird. No, it's, I just, I <laughs> marvel at that. It's amazing. It's true. It's a true story. And supernatural things don't usually happen to me. I'm not one of those people, but that truly happens. So that is, a, like you said, Mother Nature. It's just a beautiful, mind-blowing thing, this connection between a mother and their baby. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. So I guess I, I think that's a great answer. I think from work my practice and families I uh it comes back to what we we're talking about in the beginning that bed sharing is for everybody but it isn't going to work for everyone that makes right. sense so mm -hmm. I my whole approach is that there isn't a one-size-fits-all setup mm -hmm. like sleep setup and some families if you are happy to bed share and it's working for you absolutely crack on there's no need to stop it's not a bad habit. There's no sleep shame. We're going to go through some ways of making bed sharing safer in a second, I think. And if it is, some families know that from the get go that it isn't for them, it's not going to work for them. They're not comfortable. They just don't feel comfortable doing that. Some mm -hmm. families do actually, I've spoken to lots of families, they actually feel safer for them that baby is in a crib next to them or yes. in a different sleep setup. Then I'm all for that too. But I really love to an approach that's inclusive so yeah I just wanted to mention that yes absolutely thank you so much because I I am not out with a mission to convince everyone in the world to bed share I wanted to create a safe space for those of us who do do it and can't find yeah. resources on how to do it safely yeah so I totally agree with you Carrie yeah and that's what I love about you Tiffany like I did stalk you for a while on Instagram before oh, okay. to see what you're about and get a feel for you and see we've um, realigned and I did I consumed a lot of your con content on Instagram and mm -hmm. I really like that about you. And I think sometimes when we're talking, I, I, I don't get it a lot, but I definitely have had it. Well, it's the same thing. If I'm talking about a different way to getting a settled night's sleep, mm -hmm. people think that because I'm not um, talking about sleep training, that I'm anti that. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's just because you're talking about something, whether it's on this podcast, on a post, we're out and about talking about it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're, that we're saying that this is the right way for everybody. And I really picked that up from your from your feed, Tiffany. And I love oh, that. That it's about that if you if you want to do it, great. If it's not for you, great. But if you're mm -hmm. doing it, let's have a community where we can talk about it openly. We're not stigmatised. There's no pressure. We can share at people's experience. I love that, that you get your audience to really share mm -hmm. their setup and what's working for them um, mm -hmm. and, and talk about it in a very non-judgmental environment. I think it's so yes. important. Thank you. That makes me feel really good because that's what I'm trying to do. So yeah. thank you. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> and parenting is such an emotive subject. Mm -hmm. anything I've mentioned this to you before weaning sleep training not sleep training weaning not weaning bed sharing not bed sharing like it's so emotive and I think that's why I'm so passionate about coming back to the parents and empowering them that these are the choices this is what you could do rather than this is what you could do this mm -hmm. get it to work for you and this is how to keep your baby safer mm -hmm. yep. I, I love it mm -hmm. Are there, you, you touched on a few of the benefits of bed sharing there. Are there any mm -hmm. other benefits that you want to go through? I've got a couple to add from a sleep perspective, but I just wanted to ask oh. whether you had any. I think the last one, um, well, there's there. I have two things. One is a person I forgot who could really benefit from bed sharing would be a, a mother who works a full-time job. Um, so I've heard from people in the community who say that they started bed sharing when they went back to work and they missed their babies so much throughout the day and they felt like they only had an hour or so with them before the baby went to sleep at night and went off to their bassinet. And so they specifically pulled their baby into their bed so they could sort of reconnect all throughout the night, you know, since they would be away for that whole next day. So that's something you could think about. Um, <laughs> um, the other one, I would say that studies have shown that breastfeeding um, at bed sharing moms and their babies receive more total sleep in the night. 
Now they are sleeping in a lighter sleep and they sort of have partial arousals throughout the night. But when, during these studies, um, when they've told them like, do you know that you woke up 17 times last night? The moms don't remember that. They, yeah. they might say, oh, I remember maybe two, but because you're not fully conscious, it's like their moms and the babies will sort of adjust, um, you know, like touch each other. The baby will reach out just to make sure the mom's there without fully waking up. Um, and then moms who have been doing this for a while are really good at helping their baby latch on while still asleep. Truly, that can happen. Um, it's so that's just one of the most amazing benefits that for personally speaking is that I feel like um, even though I'm not in a deep sleep all night long um, compared to my friends who every time their baby wakes up, they go to them or they sit in a rocking chair and try not to fall asleep in the chair and then spend some time trying to get them back down in the bassinet. Like that just seems like a lot of time, you know, where yeah. you could be horizontal on your bed. Yeah. So, so that's a huge benefit for me. Yeah, I, I mean, who doesn't like being horizontal on their bed? Like, it's the best, <laughs> best feeling in the world. And yeah. I love that point that you said that they're going back to work. I've definitely experienced that with some families I've worked with. And I think it's really important that parents find things tricky too, like, like transitions tricky too. And um, I've been planning that I'm going to be talking about next week. Um, funny enough, I know we're talking about bed sharing today, but transitioning them to their own room when they're ready. Some parents, mm-hmm. that's what they want to work on. So how to do that. And one of the posts I've been writing this afternoon is to just acknowledge that parents find these things tricky too. And it's, it's not just about baby needing to be close and feeling connected. Parents often need to feel that too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So from a sleep perspective, I think you've you've gone through the benefits beautifully there. Thank you, Tiffany. I don't think the only thing I would like to add is that, um, and it pretty much just summarises what you've said, really, the benefits of bed sharing is it often maximises family's sleep. They're all sleeping in together. Uh, parent, mum doesn't have to get out of bed to feed and maximises everybody's sleep. They, it does away with that whole tricky transfer, getting into the into the cot or the crib some babies mm-hmm. and again every baby's so different some babies are absolutely fine into the cot or the crib mm-hmm. where some every time you transfer them down it's like I call it the bed bomb they wake up and it takes <laughs> time to get them into the cot yes so it does away with that bedtime so it's a really nice way of maximizing everybody's sleep it can mm-hmm. help with more independent naps as well um quite often well, not necessarily independent naps but it can help with napping as well because quite often they'll go for a rest after well, your bed show and you're going to bed together during the day so you'll go together for a nap during the day the okay. other thing is that it can help settling them to sleep um at bedtime it often is a lot smoother and a lot quicker because oh, yeah. you're right there next to them you're supporting them off to sleep mm-hmm. and in time if that's something you want to do and there is a partner Sometimes then it can be a stepping stone to getting partners to settle them off to sleep at that time as well. Exactly. That's for older ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for some, it just, it just really works. They enjoy it and it works for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are amazing. Thank you Which for is- adding a few that I didn't think about. <laughs> it's, 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 I love that how we all learn from each other and mm-hmm. we all come at it from different I'm very much firmly in sleep all about the sleep this is all I talk about <laughs> sleep and maximizing family sleep so it's, I, I just think we can all learn from each other mm-hmm. yeah. and then is there anything this is coming back to your personal experience and feel free to not answer it if, if, if you don't want to I love honesty but is there anything you found tricky about coat sleeping bed sharing Uh, (laughs) Um, Well, there's a lot of tricky things. Absolutely. Um, For one, intimacy with your partner, everything kind of needs to be scheduled out. There's not much spontaneity when you have a baby either lying on your chest or right next to you in bed. So that's a common one I hear about a lot from parents. Um, Another thing is that until your baby is old enough for either you to feel comfortable with this or where they are they're secure enough for you to, after you get them to sleep on your in the middle of your bed, for you to unlatch them and kind of do a ninja roll and leave the bed and to have, let's say, to have dinner. Um, usually, I well, I always recommend that um, you're in the same room somewhere. If you do want to have dinner, you either sit on the side of your bed or um, the floor or a couch or something like that. So you can sort of keep an eye on your baby. Um, just for safety purposes. But 
uh, some for a while there, a lot of families say that their baby is, will wake up when the mom leaves. Um, and I think it, at least in my own case, it took a while for both of them to sort of get used to that. Not yeah. too long, but, you know, a few months until I could sneak away. And then my husband and I could reconnect over dinner or watch a TV show together, sort of have like an evening flow that made me feel like I could sort of have some time away from the baby, even yeah. though I love him more than anything. But, you know, I could take a shower or something like that. Um, so I think until families figure out how to make that happen or the baby kind of allows it, it can, you can feel like you've got a Velcro baby attached to you at all times. And that can be, that can be hard. Yeah. So um, there's those two, of course, we've mentioned the stigma just when you get so many questions from friends or family um, or your in-laws, you know, about sleep. For some reason, it's a topic that a lot of people ask about. I'm sure, you know, that's kind of oh, like yeah. the small, the small talk question is how's your baby sleeping or, yeah are they a good baby mm-hmm. yeah so like we've we've talked about just, just trying to deal with all that on top of everything else and yeah so oh man there's too many I I should have <laughs> thought of this in advance but a lot of times at least on Instagram as we're doing um, community polls or conversations over there it's a lot of people saying like um oh, I got pregnant again, and now um, my breasts are so sensitive, and when I'm nursing my toddler, it hurts. It hurts so bad, but he's not night-winged, and he sleeps right next to me. What do I do? Or they want to stop bed sharing. They want to know, like, what you're going to talk about next podcast, Carrie, maybe how to transition them um, yeah. so into their own space or something. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of what I do is try to help people with – the many, many challenges that come with co-sleeping. But for some reason, like me, they still want to do it. They think yeah. the benefits outweigh those costs yeah. or challenges. It's working for you. And yeah. I just, I think that's, I thank you for sharing that. Again, I think that's really, I love being, keeping things real and everything is always, uh, everything for me is an equal transaction. So something can work really super well, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's without the tricky side. So I oh, think yeah. it's really important to show both sides. Mm-hmm. And just so we're clear, if you are, if your baby is under six months old, the safer place for them to sleep is with you in the bed next to them. I would never recommend rolling or doing the ninja roll away and leaving them until they're right. at least six months old or you felt comfortable. Some families, as you said, do decide to post six months to stay in the room. They'll come out of the bed a little bit. I often find that that rolling, the hug and roll, that ninja roll away is mm-hmm. quite often a, um, a, de- a developmental thing as they get a little bit older. In the beginning, they're going to notice you going a little bit more, but mm-hmm. for, not all, but for many babies, as they get a little bit older, that does get a little bit easier and Mm -hmm. they're more open to you ninja rolling away if that's what you want to do yeah I just wanted to be very sure that that, that babies uh, must sleep in the same room whenever they're sleeping for naps or nighttime sleep under six months is is it the same in the UK um, in the US in the UK under six months they'll need to be in the same bedroom oh that's so interesting um are you talking about like they need to be supervised or you just mean in general they need to sleep in your bedroom they need to see in your bedroom for the first wow. six months. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily well, in your bed, but in your bedroom. And they do need to be right. supervised under six months. So from six, so you could put them to sleep in the in the family bed and come out of, not saying you have to stay in the uh, bed, but mm-hmm. you, I would always recommend staying in the room with them yes. whilst they sleep. I would never, ever leave a baby under six months no. unattended whilst COVID. I'm so glad. Yes. Sorry to talk over you, but I wholeheartedly agree with what oh, you good. just said. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I honestly don't mind how parents, so I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of your baby, your bed, your business. And it's so funny how you mentioned before that as soon as you've had a baby, everybody is so very, very keen to find out what's going on in your bed and how your baby's yeah. sleeping. It's nuts, isn't it? It's like they're sleeping sleeping over with you. Are they a good sleeper? Are they sleep? Where are they sleeping? Exactly. Are they sleeping through the night? The only people that it's got to work for is your is you and your family. So I did have a couple of questions. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Mm-hmm. One is, do you have any kind of advice, tips, suggestions um, for when family, friends, in-laws, 
strangers in the sleep comment on your sleeping situation do you have any advice for that well well, I I just have found for from my both of my postpartum experiences that I just was so drained of energy and dealing with the hormones and the adjustments and everything that I personally found it better to maybe lie tell a little white lie I I hope it doesn't that doesn't offend anybody who's listening to this but I, I know there are people who would never lie and they are willing to speak the truth hey, you always talk about being really honest Carrie so I feel like you oh I fear Tiffany <laughs> you yes well, I, I did not so much with my first but then I learned and by the second time around like with his pediatrician um I just would say something like um he's in our bedroom which, hey, that's true, right? But, and she would leave it alone. So, and we've had many conversations about this on Instagram and there's a whole gamut of people who will straight up lie were um, even more dramatically than me. Like say, oh, baby's in a crib across the room when they don't even own a crib. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we should do that, but, and then there's people who will bring like a packet of information, like statistics on how bed sharing can be safe and is the way the human race, uh, our species was created, like so designed um, to survive and thrive was, was sleeping close to our, our mothers. So, and they'll try to like, convert their pediatrician so I don't know people do it differently I personally have just been so tired and emotionally drained that I try to keep it uh, short and sweet Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so hard it's something I'm going through right now um, just in general is boundary setting Um, even at this age in my 30s I just haven't done a good job of doing that with certain people in my life and that's my fault I need to set clear boundaries and this is an issue I think that um a mother a a person should should have boundaries around this like exactly like what you said Carrie what did you say (laughs) my bed my oh your bed your baby your bed your my business your business that's what I would say did you make that up because that's beautiful and you should copyright that because that's amazing um I can't say I mean I've said it for a long time I've been saying it since circa 2015 okay there you go originally mine but yeah I I say it a lot well with lots of different things your bed your baby your business your boobs your baby your business yes Um, there you go yeah always it's got to work for you you're the most Mm -hmm. you if there's a partner um it's got to work for you your partner your family I just wondered if you had any quick some I'm actually when we this goes out I'm actually going to put a little question box up on Instagram and ask for any comebacks because actually people find that really useful because sometimes when somebody and just coming back to the boundaries bit sorry to go back again mm-hmm. that, that bound putting boundaries in your personal boundaries is really tricky I mean I've had a lot of help to do that and I still find it hard. Mm-hmm. it's so difficult putting your own boundaries in oh, I think yeah. um but mm-hmm. um I sorry I have okay sorry Carrie um I actually have a highlight on Instagram and after this I don't know if you have room in your show notes or if you want me just to give them to you for your conversation on your Instagram community but um we had a whole conversation about this exact topic where people would leave on the little question box they would leave a sentence or two that they literally would say to their parents or to the doctor yeah so I'm sorry I can't pull that up right now but um, but can I send that to you after? That? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I'll include a few. I might do a couple of quotes that week. Because okay. on that. I know that I've done it before with just sleep and parenting in general. If there's any that you know, any gems that you've got, that'd be really okay. helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. it is really hard. You get really flustered when somebody says something to you and questions oh, yourself, yeah. especially new parents. It's so unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, you just end up, yeah, it's so hard. Like those instincts are there, but it's so hard to listen to them when other right. people are just they're noisier than you <laughs> mm-hmm. and even on your best day at least for me it would take an, a certain amount of strength and dignity to come up with a really great response but when you're just a few weeks old like postpartum um and you're so tired and physically you're recovering from delivery it's just it's so hard to add that on to everything else yeah you know no no definitely parents they shouldn't have to be justifying how what is working for them mm-hmm. either right. it's hard mm-hmm. really tricky and then I think we've covered most things the benefits of bed sharing oh yeah so why bed sharing isn't a bad habit I think we touched on this before mm-hmm. 
but I'm a really big believer in that there aren't any bad habits whatsoever it's mm-hmm. whether it's just working for you and I cannot stress enough that love isn't a bad habit being available being close to your baby connection meeting your baby's needs day and night night feeds these things are never ever bad habits like there's okay. so many especially because I work with a lot of families I don't know if you found this um, with your families but I work with a lot of families where they bed share for part of the night and this mm-hmm. is quite common and actually a family that I work for actually came up with the phrase creeping and I love it it sums mm-hmm. it up perfectly so they start off in the crib or the bassinet at the beginning of the night and then as the night goes on and the wake-ups get more frequent and that as everybody sleeps they bed share for the rest of the mm-hmm. night and that yep. worked that really worked for them I forgot where I was going with this yes no that's I have um even done that here we've we've tried that with our family because by the evening their sleep pressure as you know has built up and so it's easier for a baby um to sleep independently um, at the beginning of the night instead of yes. like 4, 4 a.m. or yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning. So a lot of families do exactly creeping. Is that what you said? Yeah, they do funny. that and it works. <laughs> yeah. And like like I was saying earlier, um, a lot of times families can use that time at the beginning of the evening when their baby's sleeping independently in a crib or bassinet to have dinner or do something that recharges them. And that's so important because burnout is really um obviously it could happen to, it does happen to every single mom out there, but especially the co-sleeping mom who is physically like attached to their baby all the time and does contact naps and stuff like that. Um, you got to work hard to prevent burnout. Yeah, I think. No, definitely. And I think where I was going with that is that there's a lot of, comes back to that stigma and that sleep shame, that there's a lot of pressure or a connotation that if you are bringing them into your bed you are undoing everything you're ruining any sleep not this is sleep training but you're ruining sleep training you're giving in they're never going to get out of your bed um it's undoing anything it's it's been late I get that quite a lot I know I'm being parents are telling me I know I'm being lazy bringing them into bed but I feel hmm. that the most, I love that you make that noise, by the way. You remind me of my friend who is American. She <laughs> makes exactly that same noise. It makes it really fun to remember. Um, <laughs> and um, it's really normal to do that. And if it's working for you, it's honestly hmm. all okay. I think that's really important. Yeah, that was just my reaction when you said that, because remember all the benefits we were talking about at the beginning of this chat. Mm-hmm. Um, how How is that being lazy? Lazy, um, like of all the words to use, lazy? No, it's... I get that a lot from families. Lazy comes up a lot. I know I'm doing the wrong... Th- my common ones are, I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I know I'm being lazy. I know I oh. shouldn't do. I know I should resettle them. They should go back in their bed. Man, um, that's sad. And- it is really, it makes me really sad. Not the parents, the parents aren't saying it, they're not sad, but it, it's sad that, that they have, that there's that connotation there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The moment is all that matters. In that moment, you need to do what is working for you. And if that is, if that is a toss-up between trying to get them back into their car for ages, because parents are on the bed bomb, or and lack of sleep to actually bring them into your bed and bed sharing for the mm-hmm. rest of the night. Path of least resistance. It's not lazy. It's definitely smart. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. As long as it's mm-hmm. working for them. Definitely. Right. For as long as it's working. And once it stops working, you can transition them out. Yeah. And actually, that's a really interesting conversation to have because, again, we I hear that a lot. That's one of the biggest things I think that comes up. Well, they'll always expect to be in your bed. You'll have a teenager in your bed. And no. I just think that's so doubtful. I don't know. And I mean, I don't hang around with teenagers anymore because I'm definitely in my in my 40s now. So my, mm-hmm. I, I don't hang out with teenagers. But I'm fairly sure that they aren't sleeping in their parents' bed. They want no. that independence as they get older. Yes, they do. And that starts earlier, like 10 or 11 for sure. Yeah. Um, the oldest... Um, person I've personally talked to through co-sleepy was someone who had um, a six-year-old who would occasionally come in but sometimes they're going through something they started in a school or their parents are splitting up or a health problem or something so sometimes of course your children no matter their age want to be close to you because it's a simple reassuring thing to fall asleep next to someone they love who keeps them safe yeah right so so no I have I've done a lot of research on this. There are 
gentle ways, easy ways that you can start to transition your child or toddler out of your bed if you want to. Yeah. Um, they will not be there forever. And one day you might miss them when yeah. they're, you know, so. I think <laughs> when you're in it, that's great advice. I think when you're in it, it just feels like forever and everything feels so super permanent, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. they're never going to get out. That's what I'm telling you. They're, gonna, they're never going to get out of your bed. They're never going to want to sleep independently. But if that time, if and when, if and when that time comes, it, it stops working for you. I've worked with, so, I, I want to say thousands, but wow. so many families that have, I've helped them from that bed sharing to a bit more of an independent sleep space. And we've done it really super gently and gradually. Yeah. And it's worked. That's them. amazing. That's amazing. Thousands. I would love to tot it up how many so I've been doing it for five years and I probably see in practice between five and eight families a week so over the years that's a lot that is a lot oh my gosh <laughs> it is a lot hundreds and thousands it's crazy I, I do you know what I am one day it's the ironies that I just don't have time to add all the numbers up one day I will <laughs> but it is running into a lot now uh-huh. and then the last thing I just want to touch on is how can we make bed sharing safer okay there's some very basic things that you can do like being sober being a non-smoker and making sure your partner is not a smoker either um always place your baby on their back now they'll be on their side when they're nursing because you're lying there in the side lying breastfeeding position which I'll talk about in a sec but as soon um if they don't roll onto their back on their own and you wake up or you're still awake for whatever reason just gently roll them onto their back and they might start all the first time or wake up but eventually if you're consistent they'll totally get used to it and then not even notice when you're yeah moving them around um another thing is you need especially when your baby's within their first four months, but it's recommended that you do this for the first year, is that you, the mom, need to lie on your side in the cuddle curl position or the C position, that's what it's called, um, because you're making a big C with your body and your baby's head should be right next to your breast. And your arm, your lower arm is kind of up by your pillow and you're literally like making a little pocket for them to stay safe. And um, especially if you're breastfeeding, they should basically stay right there, like kind of homed into your breast because they don't want to be anywhere else. That's where their happy place is, their milk and comfort and warmth. So they will just stay there and go from their back to their side when they nurse and then back to their back. And, and um, if you can stay on your side like that, it'll help you not roll onto them, roll over them because your legs are, um, your knees are bent in front of you. And if you yeah. tried it right now on the floor, you, it's impossible. You can't roll forward when you're lying like that. Um, it's a perfect position created by, I don't know, Mother Nature, what you were talking about earlier, Carrie. It's just a beautiful, amazing thing that this is how a lot of women all over the world have just naturally slept for thousands of years um, to keep their baby safe, just in this little C position. Yeah. So Would do you- that if you can yeah, would you be able to? So I thought you thought I hate interruptions. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that. Would you be able to send us over any posts or resources that you've got on that? And I'll just pop them in the show mm-hmm. notes for people listening. Yeah, absolutely. I can show you a picture of someone and uh, lying in the C position with their baby. Mm-hmm. That would be great. And I don't think I have anything else to that. Sober, no smoking. Uh, if um, the partner's been smoking and drinking, not to bed share with you. Right. That night, they should sleep on the couch or somewhere else. Um, yeah a safe surface so very firm mattress with a firm fitted sheet on it and nothing else if you want to use a thin blanket I mean if you want to use a blanket at all um, they recommend like two or three thin blankets as opposed to a big fluffy duvet yeah and try try to keep it below your waist so it doesn't get up close to baby Um, you need to make sure nothing that dangles or tangles is like hanging over your bed, like for your, for your curtains or blinds or something, make sure that there's nothing that could touch your baby. Um, especially as they get older and they start to roll or crawl, um, chances are that you'll wake up because you're lying with your head so close to them and you're connected and everything. But if your baby has a few seconds to sort of roll over or crawl, make sure they don't. Um, get trapped in like a crack between the let's say your bed's up against the wall um, and there's a crack between the wall and your bed if a baby accidentally rolls over there and becomes trapped they could suffocate in that crack so um, there's something called packing the crack which is you can get a towel or a thin blanket or something and just stuff it in there so that your baby there's no place for your baby to kind of get trapped yeah Um, 
And actually, if you really want to go by what the experts say, they say you should put your mattress directly on the floor away from furniture. And that way, if your baby does roll off at some point, it's like a six inch drop onto the yeah. floor. Yeah. Um, but not everyone can do that. So no, there are no. there are ways you can make your big, your regular bed safe. But the most important thing is to have a firm mattress. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Um, what about sleeping bags? Baby uh, so sleeping yes, bags. Uh, that is preferred. Of course, with their arms out, it is not safe to swaddle a baby when they're bed sharing because there's that risk for overheating. And also they need their arms and their legs in case they fall forward or get trapped in some sort of pocket and can't breathe. They need to be able to like flail and get your attention and yeah. swaddle won't let them do that. Yeah. The swaddle, just to be clear, swaddle, no, no, sleeping mm -hmm. bag. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those are the major ones, Carrie. Those are the yeah. Yeah. I think we've covered every. I honestly think we've covered loads. It's gone really quickly, but I think we've covered loads. And I really do feel that the people listening are going to hopefully find it really interesting, useful. Mm -hmm. But above all, they find it reassuring as well. Yes, I hope so too. And if please can... reach out to me if you guys need a pep talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one. Send you one. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up for today? Um, I just want, I think I could give you my, one of my favorite quotes from James McKenna. He says, one parent's bad habit is another parent's greatest joy, the privilege of being close to their beloved infant. So I just love that so much. And I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, whether you bed share once in a while or every single night, like me, like I do, um, just continue to follow your intuition and trust yourself and follow the basic safety guidelines. Um, and I would just encourage you, if possible, I know it's so hard, but just enjoy this time that you have with your little one, because time goes by so fast, as you know. Um, and these are, I know for me, at least looking back over these three years, some of my favorite best memories with my boys has been throughout the night. Something yeah. funny happens or we, we just the cuddles or when they wake up first thing and look over at you and you can see on their face, they're reassured, like this sigh, sort of like, oh, there's mommy, my favorite person in the world. You know, we're never going to, in years, years from now, we're not going to get those moments anymore. So just try to store them all up. Yeah. Um, and like, and like I said, I, I am here, reach out, go to co-sleepy.com or on Instagram, and I will try my best to make you feel better about this natural, beautiful thing that you're doing. Amazing. And I will put all your links, your website, your blog, your Instagram account, um, I'm going to put the link to the James McKenna book that you mentioned in okay. the show notes as well. I might actually add that to my Amazon shop as well. I'll add that there. And I think it might already be on there, but I'll just double check that. And yeah, I okay. encourage you if you've got any questions about co-sleeping, bed sharing, what's the mm -hmm. other one? Room sharing, room to sharing. go over, room sharing, all the shares, room, uh -huh. bed, <laughs> um, yeah. and bed share and co-sleeping, head over and have a chat with Tiffany. Is she's, mm -hmm. she's you're just super supportive and I think that is what parents need oh thank you Carrie reassurance <laughs> what's how to if we're doing something how to do it with safety in mind mm -hmm. and reassurance about there's no sleep shame or stigma thank you so much for listening to me your host Kerry Secker on the Carrie Out Sleep Show I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring informative but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.